Hello and welcome to the Be Inspired to Be podcast. My name is Belinda O'Neill and I am your host. This series of podcasts is titled Inspiring Stories and I have been very fortunate to be joined by really inspirational people. I do hope that you take away as much inspiration from their stories as I have through interviewing them. Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of the Inspiring Stories, Be Inspired to Be podcast. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by a really inspirational lady. Um, and it's Brigine Ray Kaya. And Brigine is a pioneer of mindfulness and well-being. Hello, Brigine, and welcome to my podcast. Hello, Belinda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful and very happy to be here. Um, and it's it's lovely to have this chat today. Oh, thank you so much. So we'll start off, if that's all right. And um, I'm very intrigued uh, to hear all about your inspirational journey. So what inspired your career in mindfulness, Bridging? Mm. <laughs> I love this theme, the inspiration, you know, and I feel like it, it happened to me kind of in little incremental steps. There wasn't, um, I suppose, one big inspiration. Um, it's it just kind of happened as it went along. Um, there's lots of different points. I'm not sure exactly where my journey started. Did it start here? Did it start there? You know, when I was 21, I was knocked down by a car. I was in hospital for 22 days, and you know, had a lot of injuries. And due to those injuries, I couldn't really participate in sports. Not that I was a real sports <laughs> woman before or anything, but, um, you know, I would have some aches and pains and I got into yoga because of that. And because I got into yoga, you know, uh, a lot of times when you do yoga, you have a wee bit of meditation, relaxation at the end. So as well as getting this sort of physical benefit, I discovered the sort of mental benefit of it as well. And um uh, so then I would go to a different yoga classes and um, so uh, in, in a way I suppose it came from that from that accident from that sort of girl interrupted I always feel because I was at university and then you know I was out for three months because of the accident so it kind of um, forced me to stop I was all go and then suddenly I had to stop at a time when you know everybody was doing lots of things and so there's that kind of interruption and um, then again I worked for EasyJet over in Luton uh, when I was 27, I think I went there and I was there for a couple of years and I decided that I wanted to go and travel the world. So I took a year out um, and traveled around the world and went to Thailand and Australia and New Zealand and all these amazing places. Wow. And I stayed on yoga ashrams and I went to Buddhist temples and I met people who meditated. And so I did a lot of retreats and I did a 10 day silent retreat. So that again was another kind of, you know, inspiration and um you know different way of being that I discovered um for myself and you know it was like a big thing to to find this another way of being that I had never thought about before and then when I came back to Belfast I wanted to find other people who meditated and um I found um different groups and I went along to them and I met people and um when I was in Australia I read a book by a man called Thich Nhat Hanh He's a Vietnamese Zen master and um, he lives in uh, a place in France called Plum Village. And I looked it up online and I wanted to go and I asked my boyfriend, can we go there? And he was not interested. <laughs> um, and then we broke up. So I suppose that could be a catalyst. I, we broke up and I decided to go and I went to Plum wow. Village for a week. And I uh, that definitely Plum Village is my biggest inspiration because 
Plum Village is like this kind of Shangri-La place, you know, it's a, a place of peace and it's a place of beauty and it's, it's just a, another way of being. And I went there and I was blown away. Now, these are all little pointers, I suppose. I, I never once thought I was going to have a career doing this. But while this was going on, I did train to be a yoga teacher. Um, so I had a, a career in communications and I did the yoga um, part time. And I did that in the evenings and the weekends. And I really, really enjoyed that. But I never saw it as a career. Um, I just saw it something I can do on the side. Um, but the yoga place where I used to um, go as a student, um, they expanded and they had an extra room. And the teacher there, Keshev, he um, said that I want to teach meditation in the other room because he knew I had started a group in my house. So I had started a group in my house because I wanted people to practice with. So a lot of people have the idea that meditation is something you do on your own, but actually it's best done with others. It's really a group activity. You refer to mindfulness, and I love this, you refer to mindfulness as being a miracle. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it, it is. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, the miracle of mindfulness is that it brings you into the present moment. So most of the time, you realize that your mind is in the future. What's going to happen? What might happen? Um, worries, concerns. Um, and if it's not in the future, it's in the past. What already happened? Ruminating, going over it, thinking about it. We're actually, when we're really alive, we're in the present moment. The present moment is the only moment where we can feel anything, do anything, achieve anything. It's the only moment where you're really um, there for your loved one. You know, you can't be there for them in the past or the future. You can only be there for them right now. You can only experience something right now. So mindfulness is that miracle that brings you into the country of the present moment, which is where you can really be alive and truly um, experience all the miracles around us. Everything that we can see and feel and um, experience and smell and taste and touch. It only happens in the here and now. And with mindfulness, then you can really, really experience it. That was wonderful, Brigitte, just to hear around, you know, mindfulness being a miracle and being in the moment. And I suppose that's very much aligned, as you know, to be inspired to be and, and what that eth ethos is all about. But Absolutely, yeah. Some wonderful news um, in that you've recently become a mother yes. to a beautiful daughter. Yes. So how has that journey been for you, Brigitte? Yeah, you know, there's again another unexpected journey that I didn't plan for because, you know, what I was saying earlier about all the retreats I used to do and go here and there and go to see all these great teachers and Dalai Lama and people like that. And um, I, I spent a lot of time, free time doing that. And I was single, really, since I split up with that guy who didn't want to go to Plum Village. <laughs> Um, so in my 30s, while all my friends were getting married and having babies, I was doing meditation retreats. <laughs> and my daddy said, why don't you just go on a proper holiday? But, you know, I was into the retreats. and um, But I, I still did want to meet somebody, but I just thought it wasn't going to happen okay. That um, for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I, and I did feel sad about it, and I, I really did want to meet someone, but it just wasn't happening. I, I couldn't... Um, just wasn't happening for me but then sort of unexpectedly you know the next thing I'm 40 and I was single and um, I went to Ibiza for a week and I had a great 40th <laughs> and you know I was enjoying my life and, and I because of my mindfulness and all that I just accept this is how it is and you know this is you know not w what I would wish for my life but this is how it is and um, then kind of out of the blue I meet this Turkish guy <laughs> I was 41 and um 
he just turns out to be this amazing, lovely person. And um, when I met him and he would say this, you know, I said, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. And the reason I kind of said all that was because I had kind of resigned myself that that wasn't happening. So, you know, that he could even open that up to me. I was like, no, I'd already closed all that down. That's not happening. Um, but then, you know, in a short amount of time, he kind of won me over. And the next thing um, we were getting married and actually just after we got engaged, I got pregnant. Oh. And I was really shocked because I thought I was too old. I was 41. I have an underactive thyroid. I have polycystic ovaries. Um, I had all these things that I thought, you know, meant that you couldn't get pregnant. And um, it was a big shock then to be pregnant. And 13 weeks later, I was 13 weeks pregnant. I was down doing uh, a, a course, a training course on positive psychology in Dublin. And um, I had a miscarriage oh. and I ended up in um, hospital, the Rotunda Hospital in Dublin for a couple of days. So it was really horrific. And it was actually just um, less than three months before our wedding that happened. And then a couple of weeks after that, I twisted my ankle. So, you know, I got married in this kind of state of a wee bit of um, shock, you know, that this had happened and all that kind of thing. And I actually really, really then wanted to get pregnant again because I think when you get pregnant, your hormones are um, surging and you want, um, I really wanted to get pregnant again. And it took us then another year. So the following June, I got pregnant and then um, again, I lost it. Okay. Um, and that was that would take us up to 2018 then and um then in 20 at the end of 2018 I got pregnant again and the start of 2019 I had um a third miscarriage and you know at that point because you're not the way the situation is now though there's a lot of campaigns to change it um you can't see a specialist until you've had three miscarriages okay um so they can't do any investigations they can't find out what's wrong so after the third miscarriage i knew about this and then i prayed privately to go and see a special consultant and he basically said two or three times during the consultation well we can't do anything about your age and i was 44 at the time okay and i really feel like saying i know what age i am but you know there was nothing really they yeah. could say why it happened okay but there's some theories why it might happen so he gave me a kind of miscarriage protocol to follow if I ever got pregnant again. And that would have been, say, February 19. And I didn't get pregnant again. And, you know, then the pandemic happened. And we kind of just, again, contented ourselves. We were happy together. Just going to be me and him. And let's get a dog because that will really complete our family. <laughs> so we got this beautiful oh. little cockapoo called Buddy who is the bane of my life, but also the love of my life. Fuck. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, was a buddy. So I would definitely recommend anyone who wants to get pregnant, get a dog. In fact, I'd say two years before we got buddy, a friend said to me, you know, why don't you get a dog? And I was really insulted because I thought, how could a dog be like a baby? But actually, it's 100% true. Your okay. dog can be your baby. Uh, that's my experience. And we love Buddy so much. And I don't know if he brought out my mummy jeans or what happened. But the next thing, I was pregnant. Wow. And this time it was different. And this time I did follow, I followed that miscarriage protocol that the doctor had advised. And, you know, June 2021, we Betty was born. Oh. And she is the best child in the world. And <laughs> we are madly in love with her. And she's really brilliant. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it is like a miracle because, you know, she was born in June 21 and I was 47 in July 21. So wow. 
it's wow. like yeah it's 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 kind of scary to think you know I have another 20 years to you know and I have to stay alive I have to stay healthy I have to look after her so you know it's a big challenge but it's also a joy and it's kind of one of those I suppose in that way my story is like you know never write yourself off and you know don't um keep your mind open because possibilities is always there I suppose that's the way I, I look at it you know you never know what's around the corner yeah absolutely beautiful um happy ending mm -hmm. really Regine after yeah yeah after a lot of heartache yeah absolutely um, yeah. A lot of suffering mm -hmm. um to to have your now beautiful daughter and it's just phenomenal and um for the listeners uh Brigitte does not look 47 or anywhere near <laughs> so um yeah so I feel like it. oh she keeps you young now so she's gonna uh, so uh, I suppose for any of the listeners um, and maybe someone thinking of beginning mindfulness practice, what would you tell them? I would say just start. Yeah, just start. Um, you know, one of the easiest ways is through an app. There is hundreds of apps out there now. There's lots of things you can download. You can go onto YouTube. You know, there's so much um, available material. In fact, just on my own website, I have downloads. Um, I have free meditations available. And, you know, you just start now saying that the best thing is to find a teacher. The best thing is to find a group because people think that meditation is something you do on your own. And it's actually really, really hard to do it on your own. The best thing is to do it with others. So you need to find groups. And that's one thing that I was always really good at. You know, I traveled to different countries and down south and everywhere to find these groups, to find the others. It is like there's a, um, a Robbie Williams song and um, it's, I really love it. It's, it, it inspires me. It's called um, um, I Love My Life. And he wrote it for his daughter and he wants her to grow up and say, you know, um, I am powerful, I am beautiful, um, I'm wonderful, I am free. I love my life. You know, it, this is what he wishes for. And he says, um, you know, find the others whose hearts also run free. And it's a bit like that. You need to find a tribe. So if you're interested in meditation, you, it's in order to keep it going to find other people who also meditate is the best way to keep it going and um then the other thing i would say on top of that today i've just released um a 12 minute meditation uh, because i had promised this to my students and the reason it's 12 minutes is the latest neuroscience shows if you want to keep the benefits of mindfulness you need to do at least 12 minutes four or five times a week so that's the minimum that you can do. So I find this really interesting because, you know, prior to this research, I might have said to you, yeah, just start and do five minutes every day, you know, okay. and actually five minutes is really good, you know, but if you really want to make changes to your brain, you have to do at least 12 minutes a day. Okay, <laughs> okay. So um, I so this is why I've released that 12 minute one. So on, on this app called Insight Timer, I have lots of free meditations and there's five minute ones and there's um, 50 minute ones, but it's the 12 minutes one is quite achievable, you know, so you could start with five minutes to build it up to 12 minutes and you know that could be your goal and keep it at that and then try and find you know a group or a teacher and they're all over the place now I mean it used to be when I started you know when I started teaching in 2007 I was like one of the only people teaching meditation in Northern Ireland now there's everywhere everywhere that you have a yoga center or a community hall somebody will be there um, and you know go along to those groups so that you can when you sit with others it's easier to practice as well you kind of have the group energy you know and that supports you in your practice and it keeps you going because meditation it's one of those things it's not like you go on a diet and people say, oh, look, you've lost weight or you start running and you see oh, you're getting fitter. You know, it, it's imperceptible, the changes okay. and the difference that it makes. It is making a difference, but it's not something you can sort of physically see. So you need kind of um, support to keep 
keep with it and also then you get a, you do get a lot of support and that's what makes a difference the the kindness of the other people in the group the wisdom of the other people in the group them sharing they're, they're saying how they're feeling about things then that supports you and um you keep going with it yeah love it and you're gonna do a wee two minute session now aren't you i certainly can yes no yes. bother yeah um take it away okay <laughs> okay well let's um first of all we'll, we'll um, straighten up our posture so people might be listening to this hopefully you're not driving I wouldn't do this if you were driving <coughs> but if you are um, sitting down or maybe you're out walking I want you to um, feel your feet on the ground so that's kind of the first thing so we take our energy down into our feet um, and then we um, feel our bottom if we're sitting and our upright posture if we're walking and then maybe try and uh, sort of Soften the shoulders a bit. You might want to have a big breath in and take the shoulders up to the ears and hold it tense and tight. And then with a big sigh, just <sighs> release it down. It's really helpful actually to do that big sigh. So let's do that again. <sighs> if you can make that big sigh, it sig signals to your nervous system that you feel safe and you feel comfortable. We'll do it one more time. <sighs> so if you're doing this in the office, they might all look round, but that's okay. You're just making your nervous system nice and safe. And if you can, if you're in a position to do that, you can close your eyes or just lower them, um, sort of turning down the distractions. If you are out walking or somewhere in an office, you can just focus on um, what's ahead of you. And also, if you can, you might like to place a hand over your heart. I give this instruction all the time about the hand over the heart because it's called the gesture of self-compassion. The hand over the heart signals to your brain you know to remember kindness for yourself it might feel funny when you first do it but actually the hand is felt by the brain as soothing and comforting just the heat of the hand so it is really important now when i say i teach mindfulness um, i also teach self-compassion alongside it because self-compassion is a crucial component of the practice so this hand is just to remind us to be kind to ourselves today. And then the hand also helps us to tune into the breath. And by tuning into the breath, I just want you to notice the breath. You don't have to change the breath or do any special breathing. If you are out running or walking, just notice your breath. Be aware of the breath moving in the body. Maybe the chest rising underneath the hand. Or maybe the belly expanding as you breathe in and breathe out. So we pause, this little pause in our day and focus on the breathing. And when we take the flashlight of our attention onto the breath, we're giving the mind something neutral to do. We're letting go of all the other intrusions and thoughts and worries of the day and keeping our attention on the breath. And if we just spend a few minutes doing this, I'll invite our parasympathetic nervous system to come on board, our rest and digest. And over time, if we keep doing this, it's gonna create new neural pathways in the brain. So to breathe in and know that we're breathing in is the mindfulness. 
and to breathe out and know that we're breathing out is mindfulness of breathing. We can say, breathing in, I know that I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know that I am breathing out. I am breathing in. I am breathing out. So I could go on a bit longer, but I just finished with one exercise of mouth yoga. So when we breathe in, we can smile. Sometimes we're smiling because we're feeling joyful, but sometimes our smile can be the source of our joy. The smile softens and relaxes all the muscles around the face, around the eyes, around the jaw. Just breathe in with a smile. And as we breathe out, we can release. Release intention from the body and the mind. Breathing in, smiling. Breathing out, release intention. Smiling, releasing. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I hope you all enjoyed that. I know I did and I needed it too. Um, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Very calm and um, Brigitte, really lovely. So um, it's been wonderful to hear your story and you've achieved so, so much. Um, Brigitte, what's next for you? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's next because everything has changed because I have the baby. And I used to, before the pandemic, before Buddy and Betty, I um, would run around, you know, four nights a week out and about around Belfast teaching and doing different things. And now I can't do that. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I don't have the same capacity to do retreats. Um, so I'm navigating a new territory as a mum who wants to be present yeah. and um, also a person who who loves to teach and loves to be with other people. So I think I will continue. My plan is to continue to offer classes and, you know, maybe do a hybrid between Zoom and in person because Zoom has been fantastic for me. You know, I'm teaching people in Fermanagh and, you know, all across, whereas before it was just more local um, to Belfast where I live. So, um, yeah, I hope to continue to do both and um, just see what happens, you know, because I've never made a plan in my life and things things unfold. So, um, I'll see what comes up next. And I'm always learning and growing and interested. So um, I'll just keep my mind open and also try to enjoy the moment as I go along. So, yeah, that's um, I'd say that Buddy and Betty or especially Betty, obviously, is my priority. So um, as she gets older, it'll be easier for me to, um, you know, offer more to to my students, to the public. But for now, it's um, probably scaled back, though I do have a, a monthly, a free monthly mindful walk. Um, which I'm committed to um, um, on the last Sunday of every month. So I'm always available at that. I am doing an in-person workshop in Belfast on the 8th of May and um, I continue to offer Zoom classes. So yeah, just um, being a mummy and um, offering mindfulness when it can fit it in, when my yeah. husband gives me <laughs> the opportunity by, um, by looking after the babies, yeah. And it's the balance, isn't it? And it's yeah. juggling it all now. And But um, yeah, I think... You're so calm and you have a very calm and presence. Um, 
So I have no doubt that it'll all, it'll all work itself out. Um, Thank you. So if our listeners would like to get in contact with you then, Bridgine, what's the best channel to do that? Okay, probably just go onto my website, immeasurableminds.co.uk, or I'm on Instagram as Immeasurable Minds, I'm on Facebook as Immeasurable Minds, um, I'm on Twitter as Bridgine, I think. Um, I don't tweet that much, but yeah, you can contact me through the social media, through the website, and then you can access my um, free meditations on the app Insight Timer. Um, but that's all on my website too, so yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Regine, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the Be Inspired to Be Inspiring Stories podcast. Um, and I definitely feel, I've taken a slow down <laughs> moment, and I definitely feel more at peace um, after chatting to you. So thank you so much, and oh, I wish pleasure. you well um, with everything that you do in the future, and indeed your journey as a mum as well. Mm. Thank you, Belinda. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Be Inspired to Be Inspiring Stories podcast. I do hope that you've enjoyed the episode. Please feel free to subscribe to my podcast to be notified when the next episode is aired. You can follow me across all of the social media platforms. Just search for Be Inspired to Be. Or indeed, you can visit my website, www.beinspiredtobe.com.